is a beautiful Saturday outside. It is Saturday. Man, you haven't heard us since Monday. Man, we'll try not to let that happen again. Tony and I have been busy. It's that time of the year. I've been switching jobs and doing different things. Basketball season's heating up, and I'm trying to do my best to get as to as much Illinois Valley Community College women's basketball stuff as possible. I am an assistant coach, but I finally got the okay to be able to coach like three weeks. They were already practicing for three weeks. So I've only been involved with the team for maybe two and a half, three weeks, something like that. And with the changeover of careers and everything going on, it has been crazy to try to get to the games and stuff like that. But I was at one last night, but it was a great feeling to finally be on the sideline with head coach Josh Nauman, assistant coach Brittany. I hope Brittany hears this and knows that I don't remember her last name. I know it starts with an M, but I can't remember her last name. Brittany, don't beat me up. I'm sorry. Anyway, we won 73-54. We played really well. I haven't been at the other games, but I have watched them on Huddle. I've seen every game that we've been in, every possession, and we controlled the ball better. We were taking better shots, and the Lady Eagles, you know, did what they had to do to, to gain the lead and, and keep it. There was a couple points in the, in the first half where we had jumped out to a 10, 8-point lead, and then they'd come back. We'd get a 15-point lead, and then Joliet Junior College would come back again. But Josh Nauman said this at halftime, said exactly what I just said, and, you know, hey, we need to find a way to sustain this lead and, and keep it and, and improve on it. And that's what they did in the second half. All the girls came out ready to play, and I thought played better in the third quarter than they had the, you know, the rest of the game. And they played a, a great first half, so... It was awesome being part of it. You know, the the Brandon LaChance and me once they housed because I was there. I was the first one of the season. But that's not true. They have been putting in the hard work. I talked to Coach Nauman after every practice, after every game, um, finding out what happened. And then, you know, I watched the tape and we'll, we'll talk a little bit, you know, seeing what happened, what they worked on, things like that. So try to get to as much stuff as possible. With that said, it's Saturday. It's beautiful. Life is moving, life is booming. So Tony and I haven't been able to get to you guys since Monday. He's got some things going on. Busy guy, he's got kids, and you know, we're, we're, you know, we're in our 30s, you know, that, that's life. But we're gonna get these out at least three a week. This will be our second. Sunday will be our third. My week starts on Monday, so Sunday to me is the last day of the week. I know a lot of people do Sunday to Saturday. I do it differently, and it makes sense because then there's still three podcasts a week. <laughs> I gotta cheat sometimes, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, we will always have three episodes a week. That is a promise. It's happened every week so far, and it's going to continue. So always enjoy looking at the comments and stuff on Facebook, seeing our listeners in person and saying, you know, that they enjoy the show. So we'd love to hear. We have a great show for you today. Actually, this interview with Nick Durani. I'll explain who he is briefly in a minute because we talk about it in the podcast. But Nick Duranik spoke with Tony and I last Saturday, a week ago. Sorry for the delay, but we had the Hall-Princeton football uh, playoff football game. That was a timely issue. Riley Klima coming and visiting, you know, Mendota and Northbrook after graduating in 18 from Mendota as, you know, part of that Trojan, Lady Trojans team that won the first softball championship. Now she was in the Army. She is in the Army, Army Reserves, actually for six more years. She had an eight-year contract. She was gracious enough to 
join us on the show. That was timely. Monday was Veterans Day. Had to celebrate with somebody in the Army, of course. And Riley was a great interview. Again, thank you, Riley, for that. So, there's a lot of timely things going on. Throw life in there. So, we got pushed a week. Nick, I am sorry for the delay. I had nothing to do with you because it was a great chat, as always. Always. As always. But Nick Duranik is the Notre Dame men's basketball public announcer. He's, he's also announced men's and women's soccer for Notre Dame, and he's done a lot more. He's got a lot more to do. I mean, his career is just starting in, in my eyes and probably his eyes too. Great conversation. Hopefully we can have him on more. I would love for him to be, you know, a, a relatively frequent guest. He's always got an opinion about national stuff, local stuff. He worked for Streeter Radio for a few years. That's how I met him, actually. Always a pleasure to have him on. Hopefully we can have him on again soon. Enjoy the interview with him. Real quick before we get to that, and then I'll kick it to the interview. Just want to say where you can hear us, so you can share with your friends, your family, loved ones, to know what you listen to and that it's entertaining or that you enjoy it or, you know, Tony and I say something that you don't agree with and, you know, kick it around the water cooler. Whatever. We appreciate it. If you don't agree with us, let us know. Write a comment. Email us. You can email us at edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Always looking for emails. We'll answer them. We'll answer them on the show. If you want us to put your name, put a name. If you don't want to, leave it anonymous. We'll just bring up the, the issue or, you know, the rebuttal to what we said that you bring up, and we'll talk about it. It'll be fun. Also, you can catch us on Spotify, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Music, and Spotify treating us well. We appreciate it. It's, it's, it's cool to be on large distributors, you know, seeing your podcast up against other podcasts. Of course, you know, we're not on the realm of ESPN podcast or nothing like that. But it's just, it's cool to, to be like, hey, I was right next to them or, you know, whatever. It, it's fun. Really enjoy doing this. I'm going to continue doing this. I know Tony is too. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Twitter, Edge of Your CP. You can catch us on social media, anywhere. Again, leave comments. Feel free to. We will answer back. We'll, if you have an opinion or a point, we'll discuss them on here. Always. Anyway, let's get to Nick. I don't want to delay it anymore. I already delayed it a week. I apologize for that. I have two awesome interviews scheduled for today, actually. So we will have another show up Sunday and then another one on Monday. Hopefully that's the plan. And then I'm also booking a couple more. So we'll keep it rolling, keep it moving, bring an interesting guest with stories that you might not have heard before. It's awesome. The great thing of podcast. All right. You enjoy your weekend. Here's the interview with Nick. Come back soon. Keep listening. We appreciate it. Peace. Well, we have Tony back in the building, which is always good. Nice, nice, nice. And we have our unofficial, official, but actually official member of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Nick Duranek. How's it going, my man? Hey, guys. I'm doing pretty well. It's a, it's a beautiful Saturday night and uh, enjoying the, just enjoying the evening. Glad to be part of the show with you guys. Definitely. We're glad to have you. But first of all, you say it's a beautiful Saturday night. Where is it exactly that it's a beautiful Saturday night for you? 
I'm in South Bend, Indiana right now. I am oh. uh, just uh, got into town uh, not too long ago. Got to take care of some high school hockey uh, games tonight. But, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoying a nice northern Indiana night. High school hockey. Uh, we do not know anything about that. I didn't even know they had high school hockey. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. At least in the Illinois Valley, there's not a whole lot. Well, I, I take that back. There's none. Well, yeah, because you got to go to Rockford, don't you, to do anything like that or Peoria or something like that? <laughs> I think Rockford has some teams. Bloomington has teams. Peoria has teams. I think the Quad Cities has teams. And obviously, you know, you got your teams throughout the Chicago suburbs. But uh, you guys are like that. You're in that hockey dead zone out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's sad they missed out on me for all those years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nick, let's tell everybody why you're on the show. First of all, you are doing some awesome things. You have been for a long time. I met you as a public announcer for the St. Bede baseball team. And we got to know each other there. I was writing for the News Tribune. You were doing things for the Bruins. And since then and before then, your career has is you know doing very well for itself. So why don't you tell everybody what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, I was the uh, Bruins baseball uh, PA guy for a couple of years. Uh, I was also Streeter uh, High School's volleyball PA guy for, I want to say, six or seven seasons. One of those two, at least. Back in uh, November 2017, I had some uh, personal things that brought me back to Indiana. Since then, I started doing some stuff at Notre Dame. Uh, I'm their main men's and women's soccer announcer. I fill in for a few other Olympic sports. But just recently, this past season, I uh, undertook the new role of the new men's basketball PA guy. You got a voice for it, that's for sure. Thank you. I got a vo- I got I got a face for the voice, just not a face for the screen. <laughs> we didn't say that. You said that yourself. No, I'll admit it every time. It's <laughs> it's it's very true, and I'm I'm not putting myself down. It's just you know just one of those things. I've never been a big big TV guy. Uh, I went to when I went when I was finishing up school. My major was within radio and TV, but I always enjoyed the radio aspect more than the TV aspect of things. So. I mean, if I ever got offered a TV job, I wouldn't turn it down as long as everything's right with it, but always prefer the radio. Definitely understand that. Right before we jump into the Notre Dame stuff, because you know we're going to cover that pretty heavily, uh, talk about what you got to do this summer. Um, You had a great opportunity, and I was kind of jealous. I was happy for you, all in the same thing. So tell us what you got to do. Yeah, over the summer, uh, July 29th, the Liverpool Football Club, who play in the Premier League across the pond in the U.K., uh, played an international friendly with Borussia Dortmund, who is out of the Bundesliga, which is the uh, German National League, basically, their professional league in Germany. They all came together at Notre Dame Stadium in late July, and I also had the chance to be the public address for that. You think Notre Dame Stadium, that's a 80-some thousand capacity stadium. We didn't fill up, but... 45,000 people were still there, but uh, just, to, just to have the opportunity. And it, it was really spur of the moment. Um, I was filling in for, for baseball at Notre Dame last year, and I knew that Liverpool and Dortmund were coming to Notre Dame Stadium. I, I thought it would be fun to do the announcing for it, but I wasn't really going to ask about it because I knew it was a professional run thing, and uh, I figured Liverpool was going to bring their guy over. So you know, I, I just didn't think twice about it. And then in April, I got an email that said, and this was from one of the marketing interns at Notre Dame. He was like, uh, just a quick question. The opportunity arises. How comfortable would you be to announce at Notre Dame Stadium 
in July for the Liverpool game. I'll probably have a little nervousness and anxiety a little bit beforehand, but uh, sign me up. I'll do it. And, yeah, I don't I don't regret it in the least. You should have, uh, you should have told him to check your schedule, Nick. <laughs> so let me check yeah. my schedule. Let me get back to you. Yeah, no kidding. So <laughs> just with everything that I do, I always tell people, let me check my schedule and I'll get back to you and we'll figure something out. It just turned out the next month in May, they're like, yeah, uh, Liverpool's guy is going to be here, but – uh, the best he'll do, the thing he's going to do, he's going to be more on the on the TV side for the BBC, and he's their usual PA guy, but he was going to uh, color for the BBC that day. But he'll probably do the starting 11 on the field, which they do in England for their team. So I was like, that's that's cool. He, he probably knows the players' names a lot better than I do, and I'm sure he'd know Dortmund's a lot better than me. So if I'm just there to announce the goals, the assists, all the announcements and the promotions and stuff, I'm, I'm like, I'm perfect with that. It's, it's still an opportunity to... Sit in a sit in a seat that I've always dreamed to sit in at, at Notre Dame Stadium for a guy who's done it for thirty odd years. Really great guy. His name's Mike Collins. Been doing Notre Dame football since the eighties now. So that just kind of fueled things up. And then the week of, they're like, uh, Peter's not going to do the starting eleven on the field just because there's a lot of there's a lot. It, it would be too complicated to get him from pitch side back up to the ninth floor of the press box. So we're just going to have you announce the starting 11. And then it's oh. just, yeah, you know what, let me check my schedule on that again. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so that that turned into something where you know, I had to study up on the names all week because when you when you go over to the Premier League, when you go to Bundesliga, I mean, everyone on Liverpool is not from the UK. Everyone on, on Dortmund's not from Germany. They are very ethnically sound when it comes to who they have on their team. Obviously, they do have some people from... England, some people from Germany, but you had people from from Brazil, from France, from all over Europe, from some areas in Asia. So it was definitely a, a good mix-up of names. But through the week of, you know, I was getting them down for the most part, but I was having trouble with a few. Uh, I wanted to connect with a guy from Dortmund who we were supposed to have a phone call the night before, or we were supposed to connect the day before when we were going through our walkthrough at Notre Dame. And he was not able to get there. So an hour before kickoff, he's finally coming into the, to my room. He's like, okay, let's go over these names. I was like, geez, I was just going to wing them. But, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you're here. I wish we could have done this earlier in the week instead of putting me on the spot here. But, anyway, everything went pretty well. And uh, it was it was a great night. It was, you know, 96 degrees with a heat index of like 105 that night. The uh, producer decided he's going to keep the windows open. So it felt like I had a hot furnace in my face the entire game. Yeah, it was... It was an outstanding experience and one that I'm never going to forget. Once that opportunity came, I was like, you know what? It's a once in a lifetime thing. I've been doing PA announcing now for 17 years. I, I think I'd be ready for such a feat like that. Well, I'll tell you what, this is really cool for me. It's really cool to be where you're at now. Your, your ties seem to be a little better than mine over there uh, in South Bend. I am a huge Notre Dame football fan. Uh, I'm pretty well versed on the basketball aspect as well. I uh, follow baseball on the actual, you know, the apps and stuff. You don't really get those televised. When uh, Brandon said he was jealous, I, I, he kind of took the words right out of my mouth. So <laughs> I, I, ever since I was in fifth grade, I had a buddy uh, that I hung out with all the time. And his dad was an absolute huge Notre Dame fan. Unfortunately, my buddy was a Michigan fan, and I never did understand that. Obviously, this year with the Michigan just pretty much putting the ropes to us, it kind of sucked. But I am. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. I, I do have a couple questions here. My number one question to you really is, is it surreal? Like, do you, do you sit there and 
Because for, for me, I sit there and I, I like when you're talking like you know the whole even though the soccer thing is not a big thing to me, but when I sit there and I listen to you talk, I kind of put myself in that position. I put myself at the stadium and I'm just like, he's actually doing it. So is it ever is it surreal for you? It, it is. Um, you know, I was a little nervous getting into soccer last year because I haven't done collegiate soccer ever. Uh, the only experience I ever had with announcing was through high school, and even then, that was just a few things here and there. But being able to—I mean, just just having the opportunity to work at Notre Dame's big. You look at a you look at a school that has a rich history in athletics. No matter what sport you're looking at, obviously, football has the most. You just talk about Notre Dame with a rich history in athletics, a rich history of just academics. They're a very well-known school, not just locally. They're well-known internationally. You get students that come in from all over the world to come here just to have the, the opportunity to work for such a great institution. It, it, it definitely is surreal. I never thought I would ever get to the position I am today. Uh, my first bout with Notre Dame actually was about eight years ago. That's before I got my job on the radio in Streeter, and I was doing volleyball for Notre Dame. So when I first sat in that chair at the Joyce Center, it was it, it was different. Uh, I was just used to being on a hard wooden bleacher at my at my alma mater high school and announcing there. And then you get into this professional. I, I call it professional just because it is for for their institution. It, it, it is definitely more of a professional feel for it. But you get into a different venue like the Joyce Center, and you're sitting courtside and. You're in this big row of everyone that has a different duty, and you're just sitting there. It's like, this is different. As I've gone through my career, it's like I've enjoyed it so much. And the opportunities that the past couple of years have opened up for me has been surreal itself. I never saw that I would ever do anything basketball-related. I remember saying to the marketing director last year, I was like, hey, if there's ever a game that I could fill in for basketball, I'd be more than happy to do so. But I knew between football and men's and women's basketball at Notre Dame, those are their primary three sports, the biggest ones to go after. So the production value in those three sports alone surpasses any other program there. So uh, are you, uh, are you born and raised there? Is that how you went to Indiana? You're born and raised. Are you born and raised in South Bend? Yeah. Born and raised South Bend, South Bendian, however you want (laughs) to, So you've been surrounded by Notre Dame your entire life. Yeah, my my dad grew up a Notre Dame fan. Uh, his uncle played at Notre Dame back in the I want to say it was the era Parsegian uh, era. Yeah, that sounds right. Another one of his uncles played at Indiana. So it, when it comes to you know football at Notre Dame, though, it's been a long-standing fandom in our in our at least in my dad's side of the family. My question is, you know that Indiana is obviously statewide known as a basketball state. There's no question about that. With Notre Dame having its own little football thing, you know, I watch a lot of the Pacers games as well. You know, I want to bring something up, and if you were born and raised there, you know better than I never knew a Myers grocery store existed until I started going to South Bend for two weeks out of a, out of a time. I, my buddy's grandma lived in South Bend, so I went there for two weeks. People around here don't even know what Myers grocery stores are, Nick. Yeah, Myers. Uh, actually, Myers is a Michigan-based grocery store. I think they started just outside of Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. They first came down here, I want to say, in the late '90s. So they're they're not a South Bend store, but they are very well known around here. I think every every city around here, and maybe Michigan's just 10 minutes north of where I'm at right now. 
there it's a big chain, kind of like how High B is out there. Yeah. Once you hit Peru and keep going west, I know once you get to like Iowa and Missouri, High B is everywhere. So that's what Myers is over here, basically. I wondered that because I mean, when I, I mean, and that would have been in the, it would have been like ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine were the three years that I went there for two weeks at a time. It was it was funny because like you didn't go to a Walmart. I mean, we went to a Myers, and those Myers were huge. They're almost like they're almost like Walmart super centers are now. It's just it was nuts. So I, I had to I had to put that in that little nugget in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're great stores. I mean, is they're very very similar to Walmart. As you said, they got their clothing, they got their electronics, they got their groceries. It's definitely a one-stop shop. I kind of feel like the oddball now. He's a Notre Dame football fan. You're born and raised. I have no ties at all, except I like the movie Rudy. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy is, you know, to be honest, at least in my personal opinion, just from what I see, Rudy is actually kind of a mixed feeling movie around here. A lot of people do enjoy it. I know people that don't. And the fun fact about Rudy was, Scenes towards the end of the movies and all those game scenes were taken. I probably get the date wrong. It was during the halftime of a Boston College Notre Dame game back in the early '90s. That's how they got the crowd authenticity into that game was because they shot that movie at halftime for that area. I didn't know that. Moving on from Rudy, I just wanted to we'll jump into this Notre Dame, you know, further talk about. I think I've seen it on. It was either your Twitter or your Facebook. But you just did your first exhibition game with the Notre Dame men's basketball team. Was that a week ago? Yeah, that was a week ago from Tuesday. So it was like uh, October 29th. Yeah, I know that uh, they've had games since then. But I just want to talk about what Coach Mike Bray came up and said, you know, before your first exhibition game. Because I thought that was pretty cool. That was, I'll tell you what, that was another unexpected thing for me. I got to sell Pavilion about 75 minutes before the game. Capital had a couple guys out on the court. They were just kind of shooting around and whatnot. But as we started to get closer to the game, you know, I kept looking over my scripts. I kept talking with the sports information director about, you know, the players on the team and whatnot. Like a lot of basketball teams, they have their pregame traditions. And one I did not know was Mike Bray comes to everyone at the scorer's table, shakes their hands or gives them a little fist pump and whatnot. And just ask how they're doing, you know, how was your day or something. And he got to me, shook his hand. And I remember when, first of all, I remember when Mike Bray took over as head coach back in 1999. I watched his first team play when I was still in grade school. So getting to meet the guy 20 years later, this is his 20th season coaching now. For him to just come up to me, I just kind of looked up. And you know what? I acted real professional about it. But inside, I was... I had a little bit of a fanboy moment. I'll, I'll admit that. He came up, shook my hands. He knew I was new. And he's like, you're going to have a blast. Have a great season. Enjoy it. You're going to love it. Just let her rip. Going into that, before he came up to me, I was getting more nervous than before the Liverpool game. Just because I know what kind of tradition Notre Dame has for basketball, both on the men's and the women's side. I know that they sell out, and I don't want to screw up here. I can screw up in, four to, in front of 45,000 people because I'm nine floors up, and nobody knows what I'm looking like. <laughs> you're, you're at a basketball arena. You're on the court. You're courtside, so people can point you out. When he came up to me and told me that, all the worries I had, all the anxiety I had was gone. I was ready to go after that. That heated me up so much that I got into that game as if Notre Dame was playing for a national title. 
you know, I've watched a lot of Notre Dame basketball over the years, and I've watched Mike Bray. And the one thing, you know, there's always people that are different, you know, on, on a TV screen compared to what they are behind the scenes. And I've always believed that he was one of those, like, genuinely good people. And I don't know, and maybe you can't answer this uh, fully, Nick, I don't know, but is, does he seem to be that kind of person, be, you know, off a TV screen or off an interview as well? Is like just like a genuinely good person? From every journalist that I know around here, they've always told me that he's always been a genuinely good guy. Uh, you can see him out in public, and he's saying hi to people. You have he'll have people approach him wherever he's at. He'll shake their hand, and he'll he'll say hey to them. And uh, from what I understand, he is a very genuine guy. And from him coming up to me and shaking my hand at the scorers table, I could I could just tell he was a genuinely good guy. He gave off that vibe that he is. Obviously, he gets intense when he's on he's on the court. A couple of days before they played Capital last week, I had the chance to go sit down in one of their practices, and he's an intense guy when it comes to the game. Once the game is done, he he's a he's a completely different person. He, at least so far from what I can speak of experience, he is a genuinely nice guy, though. Well, we did want to jump into some national sports with you. I believe that your allegiances are with. Indiana teams, correct? When it comes to college, obviously Notre Dame's my big one. Oklahoma's my other big college team. And the reason behind that is because Oklahoma was actually my top college choice to go to originally when I was going into high school or coming out of high school because meteorology was my big thing. It still kind of is. Unfortunately, Oklahoma didn't happen, but I've always followed Oklahoma since I was in middle school. So that's my other big college football team. What about MLB? Uh, always been lifelong born and raised Cubs fan. Uh, My guy. yeah, always, always, always been a Cubs guy on the side. I'm a Rockies fan too. And that's just because we used to go out to vacation in Colorado three or four or not three or four times, but every three or four years. And we'd always go to a Rockies game or two. And that kind of turned our family into like pseudo Rockies fans. Awesome. So you're a Pacers fan? No, I'm more of a Bulls fan actually. Perfect. And so your allegiances really don't lie in Indiana. No, they don't. Actually, when it comes to when it comes to this part of the state, from South Bend west towards you get to Chicago, everything around here is more Chicago-based fandoms than anything. You'll find a lot more Bears fans here, which that's that's another fandom for me. Uh, Bulls fans, and really South Bend is more Cubs fans and Sox fans around here, and obviously Blackhawks. Nice. So really, you have all the same teams as your favorite teams as we do. Yeah. Even though that you're, you know, a traitor to Illinois. Did we but... just become best friends or what? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, me and Tony have been waiting to talk to this for a long time because we've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, Illinois Valley High School stuff with the end of state yeah. tournaments were over. We're in the second round of the playoffs today for football. So we've been waiting to talk World Series, which has been over for like a week or two now. Yep. Me and Tony both chose the Washington Nationals. In seven games. I'll let him get on to the spiel about how we're the man or the men. But who did you have going into the World Series? Who did you think was going to win that? I actually, I had the Nationals in seven, but I, I, had, my, I had my reserves to say the Astros in seven. Uh, just because I thought the Nationals, obviously they came in as the wild card. I never thought they were as strong as they were. But when you get a team... And the Cardinals are another good example of this. When you get a team that is a little down going through the all-star break and they pick themselves up like the Nationals did, you get hot at the end of a baseball season. That is what you got to be more scared of than anything. 
you could have a 100-win season like I think we had three teams with 100 wins this year, Yankees, Astros, and the Dodgers. Oh, and I take it back. The Twins also had 100 wins this year. You could win 100 games in the regular season, but then you get there and you make mistakes. That kills you. And we saw that with the Twins this year. When they started playing the Yankees, the Yankees swept them out. The Twins were going to be my favorite to actually get to the World Series out of the American League side to go against Washington. The Dodgers made a and, lot of mistakes, too. I was watching those games. They made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I, I, I tell you what, I feel bad for the Dodgers because they've put together so many Don't feel so many bad great for the Dodgers. I'm going to interrupt you right there. <laughs> Don't feel bad for the Dodgers. Okay. Well, let me put it this way. Dave Roberts is a great manager. Yes, he was yes. a great he was a great player on top of that. But when you go through the heartbreak that they've gone through for it, you know, I, 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 I get what you're going at. We're Cubs fans. We had 108 years of heartbreak until 2016. And so I understand at least that side of you can have a really successful season over and over and over again. And then it just falls short. Cubs fans, we had that happen in 2003, 2007, 2008, 2015, 2017 is another good example of that one as well. And actually, I want to say the 99 Cubs were another good example. Teams that played really, really well, and then they just stopped. Are you reading off a piece of paper? No, I am not. <laughs> that is ridiculous. I, I, did, I would not have been able to munch that off like you just did. That was pretty sweet. Baseball is definitely baseball is that sport where I'm like a lot of NFL guys are, where you know the players, you know the history of the teams, you know what teams did per year. And that's why I'm more of a fantasy baseball guy than anything than a fantasy football guy. I can't do the fantasy baseball. It's too long. Oh, I could do it all day long. It is. Uh, I'm in one of those leagues where you change your lineup every day. Yeah, I um, did that for like two years, and I'm like, you know what? I this is a job, and I really, I really couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, I, I enjoy it too. I think we kind of have the same way about the baseball. No, I and to get back to that Dodgers thing real quick, and we'll move on. But you, I, I feel sorry for Clayton Kershaw. I really do because I think the guy's got bad luck. That home run that was hit off him was a perfect pitch. I don't care what anybody says. You know, he he got you know that first one I'm talking about that uh, Rondon hit. I mean, that was a good pitch, and he got you know. But I feel sorry for Kershaw, but I don't feel sorry for most of the rest of them. You know what? I think the one of the big things I took out of the entire entirety of the playoffs was. A Rolvis Chapman giving up the game-winning homer to the Astros. And smiling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm smiling because I was like, okay, that beats out Rajay Davis's game seven home run. He's now not. He's now given up the worst home run in his career. <laughs> Davis's home run in game seven in 2016 is now his second worst. So that kind of wiped that away for me. Right. Well, the crazy thing is, we either are all geniuses or we just are sports fans and know what we're talking about. We're geniuses. But, but all three of us picked Nationals in seven games. <laughs> Tony has been calling this for a long time, though. Yeah, I've actually, you know, this, here's the thing is I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I did not say the Washington Nationals, you know, in the beginning of the season, I didn't say the Nationals and the Astros are going to play in the World Series and the Nationals are going to win in games in seven games. I did not say that. I said that how cool would it be that the Nationals did do it without Bryce Harper, and I did say that out of the AL it would be the Houston Astros that, that came out of the AL. Then when we got to that point, you got to have me on my pedestal here, Nick. I'm a little excited, okay, because I've been wanting to talk about this, and we waited for you. So, <laughs> so and then when the, when the series came to the point, I said that it was going to go Game 7, uh, and I, I the only thing I was wrong about is I said Patrick Corbin would be the MVP. Um, he ended up only pitching once, which is surprise. Well, twice he pitched in relief once and then started. But he, he, that I thought he it would come down to him pitching Game Seven, and I thought he would do the job. But I, I think without them doing it with Bryce Harper, I think that wild card game where the ball skips that was not an error. 
was just amazing. So I just got to stick myself off on a pedestal. And if, if you could just clap for me, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I needed that from you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Not a problem. You know, I, I still like, I still love the irony that before spring training, Harper in a Phillies uniform said that he wanted to bring a title back to D.C. Well, guess what? D.C. got the title. He's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love the irony out of that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The the headlines, the Bryce Harper headlines, they were great. I was ready for them. As soon as, you know, Nationals were looking like they were going to get to the World Series, I was like, it's going to be awesome. Because oh, I, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. All right. I've already said my piece on the Bears on a couple previous episodes of Edge of Your Seat podcast about the kicking, the running, Matt Nagy's play calling how I feel like Trubisky and Nagy are definitely playing for their job. So what do you think about that? I would have to agree with you. Early on in the season, you saw the Bears going in a good direction, and now it's like everyone's scrambling to figure out how to get themselves off of the losing streak that they're on right now. And I'm one of those guys who has defended Trubisky for a long time. I like the guy. I like the way he's played. But now it's just like he's he's rushing things. He's making... He's, uh, he's making decisions that have been game changers for them. And thing, something I don't really like about him is his decision making is way too quick now. He doesn't use his time anymore to really take advantage of his field of vision to try and make a good play. Instead, he's looking for one receiver, and if that receiver's not open, then he scrambles out of his mind, he freaks out, and then he's either getting sacked or he's scrambling to get a couple yards, but it's not going to help him. And he's already thrown a couple picks this year that, again, were big game changers uh, for them. I think the one against – what was the one most recently? Was it the Raiders, I think it was? Uh, I think he throws one every game. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he might not literally, but figuratively. I mean, right. I, I think he's throwing a pick almost every time he throws a ball. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he could, uh, he could but, have double interception. I mean, he really could. And, and I am. it's funny because I almost made a joke, and I, I, you're probably already tired of the jokes, but I'm thinking, sitting here thinking, is this guy my long-lost brother or what? Because I, I have been a huge supporter. I was the guy that was just stoked when they when they drafted him. I called it from the beginning. I really did. And uh, I, I when they actually when they moved up on the second and the second pick to get him, I was really excited because I remember watching him in college, and I won't go into that anymore. But I want to tell you something, and I want you to pay attention to this. And uh, sure. my brother is – I won't go ahead and say his name, but my brother told me this like three or four weeks ago, and I thought he was crazy, and I now – believe that he's right and now an article just came out yesterday or the day before on one of the pages I don't know who it was but there was an article that I read that pretty much called out exactly what my brother told me and my brother told me this was like three or four weeks ago he said that and he's not even a big Trubisky supporter either he said that the biggest mistake the Bears have made going into this season from last year is putting Cody Whitehair at guard and putting uh putting James Daniels at center and he said if he believes that if they trade if they switch those two back and he, they put Whitehair back at center, and they put uh, James Daniels back in his normal spot at the guard position from last year. He said that second, second and a half with Trubisky to make a decision whether to run or to make another pass or another read to have more time in the pocket, that he will actually be more successful. Three, four weeks ago he told me this, and I, I didn't say anything to him at the time, but I called his BS. I said uh, in my head, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I agreed with him, but I just said, yeah, whatever. I don't believe it. And now all this comes out. Now, I'm going to the game tomorrow, actually. I'm really interested because I read that article yesterday, and I said, oh, my goodness, my brother pretty much called it. 
And now they're talking about Cody Whitehair actually playing center. So now what? Now, now even if they come out tomorrow and Trubisky throws four touchdowns, is it because Detroit's defense sucks that bad? Or does he really have that much time because Whitehair and Daniels changed? Did you hear anything about that? I did not hear anything about that. And I would take the... I mean, yeah, you, you got you got a point that Detroit is just awful in all facets regardless. But I don't think, even if the Bears light up the Lions tomorrow, that you can put that all on Trubisky. If... You know, you, you get a, you get a guy. If you play offensive line, you get your guards and your centers that are the ones calling some of the plays up front. They're calling out where guys are at. And when you have when you switch two of those guys up and you're putting them in different positions where they got to call different things and they got to look out for different things, uh, you're going to get mixed signals from who's got to go where. But that was the positions they played last year, though. Right. When their offense actually did play pretty decent, you know. And that's why when he said that, he said they should have never switched them. And I. I was like, yeah, whatever, that can't make that big of a difference. But I figure it's a lose-lose no matter which way you look at it because, like I said, he can go tomorrow, the line can hold up all day against the crappy uh, Detroit Lions front, and front seven, you know, secondary, they're, they're not a good defensive team. Good offense, not a good defense team. So it's a lose-lose. You either completely suck it up and don't, don't do anything and throw a couple picks and end up losing the game, or you go off like you did in Tampa Bay last year, and everybody's going to say, well, it was Detroit Lions. So guess what? Now we're still on to next week. You know, it's in it's in one of those positions where I'd rather have them just completely blow up the Lions because if you have them win forty two to nothing tomorrow, uh, yeah, I mean you you get the you get the argument that yeah they won against the Lions, so what? But I'd rather have them have an offensive explosion like that for them to shake off whatever rust that they have or whatever jitters that they have on themselves right now and prepare themselves for the next week because if they can run their offense efficiently against a team like that. I think that also helps them get things going for the next week. So I'd rather have them win by six touchdowns tomorrow rather than win by two. Right. And do you do you agree to the fact that, like, what I've said is, uh, you know, I know that everybody's writing the season off and everything, but the one thing that I would have to say is I said, I don't I don't think they have to win out. I think they could still lose one game, but it can't be within the division. And there's still a lot of division games to play. Uh, do you think they still make the playoffs if they only lose one more game without it being inside the division? If it's yeah, they, you're right. They have to win every every divisional game through the rest of the season. If they can if they can finish out, uh, gosh, if they can finish out ten and six or even nine and seven, I think that would be something to get them into a wild card position. Because you got the Lions who aren't doing all too hot, and uh, and obviously the Packers are on fire once again this year. So I think if they can go ten and six or nine and seven, more hopefully ten and six than anything, they can get into the playoffs. If they finish with a nine-win season, I'm not seeing it. I don't see them beating out the rest of the division. I, I I can't see it. Well, you got Green Bay once, which is a loss. You think? Yeah. yeah even at, I don't know. I know that it's Green Bay beat us in Soldier Field. I, I figure my point is is like if you I, the Kansas City game, I look at and I say okay. But have you seen Chicago's offense? Green Bay's defense has been playing well all year. And Chicago's offense couldn't play against anybody. You've seen him against the Raiders. You've seen him against the Chargers. Now they're going to play Green Bay's defense. And I'm not a Green Bay fan at all. I hate the Packers. But we have seen the Bears struggle. So what are they going to do against a good defense? I don't know. I, I, I think the white-haired Daniels thinks everything we need. <laughs> <laughs> Green Bay's gonna, I'll just say Green Bay's going to be one of the toughest things that they have. And honestly, I think Green Bay's going to overpower them. And I mean, Minnesota's not easy either. Oh, Minnesota's Minnesota's another one of those that aren't going to be easy. If you look, you look at this division, Detroit's prob- probably your only, I wouldn't go guaranteed win, but at least a 90% or better win 
when you look at Minnesota and Green Bay, my my hopes for something there are pretty substantially less. Yeah, and I, I just the one thing that I have to say is that if they're going to keep doubling and tripling Khalil Mack, somebody's got to step up because ever since Akeem Hicks went out, that front line just looks atrocious. It looks atrocious. Mm-hmm. The, the teams are figuring them out. God, I hope they come with a better plan this week. They they just tomorrow's going to be one of those days where they need to be flawless in their execution and obviously keep away from any turnovers. But if they can be flawless tomorrow, that's going to help them for the following week because then they'll have a, a good game plan of what they need to do. And if they want to be honestly, if they want to if they want to succeed for the rest of the season, at least have the at least a good finish to the season. Love to have them go to the playoffs, even as a wild card team. But uh, I'd rather them not flood the rest of the season and actually try to play. At this point, they almost have to win. Yeah, They've I'll be there tomorrow screaming my head off, so I'll definitely be the loudest one there, I guarantee it. I won't have a voice on Monday. <laughs> yeah, you know, Soldier Field is a great place to go, I'll tell you that. The last time I was there was when uh, uh, Robbie Gold kicked his way to five field goals and a win. I actually, I my dad's got season tickets. I've been going since I was seven, so this this is the game we go to every year around my dad's birthday, and I'm getting pretty spoiled because I don't even want to go deal with the cold right now, to be honest with you. I'd rather sit and watch it on my TV, but I hope my dad don't listen to this and hear that. So, <laughs> not going to be a terrible day. I was out at our, I was out at high school football last night, and it was 28 at kickoff, and it was 25 by the end of the game, and uh, you know what? That's that's football weather for you, though. Oh, thanks, Nick. I mean, it's November. <laughs> it's November in Illinois yeah. and Indiana. I mean, it is what it is. And and for high school football, I, I like the quote that I heard yesterday. When you're playing in colder weather in high school football, that's what they call winner's weather. Right, yeah. That's because true. That means if it, when it's getting colder, that means you're still playing football. That means you're winning. Yep, no doubt. I never no thought doubt. about that. Well, we don't, we don't have that issue here. See, you guys, see, the thing you guys get in the Illinois Valley is the extreme cold. What we get over here is all the lake effect snow. Yeah, we get the brutally cold winters with not much snow. We get not as brutal cold, but we'll get slammed on with about eight feet of snow. Last year we so, got some snow, but that was the most that we've gotten in the last like three or four winters. Nick, will you yeah. go back to go go to, go to Oklahoma? I'm sure somebody at Notre Dame can hook you up. Get back to Oklahoma, get your meteorology, uh, whatever they call that degree. Come back to us, and we'll start talking about the weather a little more as well. I think I can pull something off. I'll uh, pull some strings, talk to a couple people. <laughs> there you go. Definitely. Well, I know you're uh, you're running on your schedule and you got things you got to do. We really, really appreciate you taking time and speaking some Notre Dame stuff and some national sports with us. Thanks, Nick, and congrats on everything you're doing. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I love being part of the, uh, the podcast here today and uh, look forward to talking to you guys down the road. Appreciate it, Nick. Thanks a lot, man, and best of luck to you over there. And uh, if you can ever – you ever get a chance to get me down there, I'd appreciate it. You just let us know, okay? Well, I'll tell you right now, the, the, the perk of being the PA announcer is I got two season tickets out of it. So if Stop you it. see a basketball game, right, so, a basketball game on that schedule, just let me know. Yes. So when should we come down there? We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out off the air, but I was totally joking. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I, I told my parents they have priority on those tickets, but my mom's not a basketball fan whatsoever. She's going to go to one game. That's going to be her one to say, Hey, okay, I got to go see you know my son announce at Notre Dame. Now I'm not going to go to another game ever. You know how you know how so, cool that is of a, of of you to do for your parents, even though you know she's not a big basketball fan, to put them as top priority over anybody. That is awesome, man. My parents have a lot to do with my with how where I'm at today. Uh, they've given me a lot of support. Anyone, a lot of my family's given me a lot of support, so they they deserve it. I think you're safe to say success, buddy. Great job. Thank you.